Testing, one, two, one, two. Testing, testing, testing. Hallelujah. So let me know when I have like 15 seconds left before turn off. Christian Fellowship family, it's a pleasure to join you in the virtual sanctuary and today get ready to um, give God everything. Remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. Good morning, good morning everyone on online. I see everybody there. Do me a big favor. Let me know that you're there, you and your family, uh, me and three more, me and four more. We want to know. We're going to be on chat all morning long. And so get, let's get ready to worship, but prepare your hearts, and just give them our best praise today because he is worthy. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, Celeste. God bless you, Sister Nancy. Uh, God bless you, Judah. Melody, God bless you. Hallelujah. Adi, thank you so much for manning at home. We appreciate it. So if you're ready to worship God, just give a shout right in your home. Say hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So um, let's lift up our hands and let's just get, to, get ready to worship him. Right there. Just spend 30 seconds just worshiping him. Hallelujah. Just let's lift up our hands. Hallelujah. We're going to go right into the service right now, and we're going to bless him together as a church family. Amen? Praise God. God bless you all.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are able. God bless you right in your homes where you're at, at work. Um, you might be driving, but praise God, we are all together in the virtual sanctuary. Today, I just wanted to greet you in the name of the Lord. Um, as you know, we are in a very interesting season. Um, we're living in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, if you study your history, you've seen how people have had to deal with pandemics in the past. Uh, we thank God that we have technologies. We thank God that we have an advanced care system that can identify whatever it is, whatever is plaguing us. So we appreciate the advances and the technologies that we have. And of course, we as a church family have been uh, doing our best to abide by all the rules and regulations to make sure that we do the proper social distancing. But even in the midst of that, uh, you know, we are still uh, in the midst of life. Yeah, we're, we're working, we're going to the store, uh, and uh, we're interfacing with other people. So uh, we know that uh, in winter, that's the times where the flus catch up. That's the time where all these things uh, uh, proliferate. So out of an abundance of caution, what we're doing is we're going to take uh, the next month at least, uh, we're thinking January, and we're going to continue to worship the Lord through our virtual sanctuary, as well as we'll continue to gather together Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, as we normally do. We'll continue to keep you abreast as to what we're doing. Uh, everybody's fine. Uh, we have one or two brethren uh, that were tested, so out of an abundance of caution, we are asking uh, for us to stay uh, in the virtual sanctuary for this month. And all those that were in the service last week, uh, once again, out of an abundance of caution, we have contacted them uh, because we also do the contact tracing, and so they are aware of it. Um, so to give them an opportunity uh, to be able to test themselves if they so desire. I recommend we all get tested at this stage. And no, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, there are various kinds of tests also. I think the blood test will actually even tell you if you have antibodies, if you had it last year and you weren't even aware of it. So just so, again, let's continue to pray for each other. Let's continue to stand in the gap for each other. Um, it's a very serious time in our nation and, my God, in the world. Um, also, I, I do want to pray this moment. I want to take a moment to pray uh, for uh, the Bias family. Um, as you know, um, uh, Brother Bias had been asking for a prayer for his mom, and uh, uh, he called me yesterday to let me know that she did pass on. She went to be with Jesus. You know, she loves God, and, and so um, him and I, we, we share uh, that grieving because I had lost my mom about three weeks ago. So we had a moment over the phone yesterday. And so, um, you know, I, I feel his pain. And, um, but, you know, we as a church family, uh, we cry with those that are crying. We laugh with those that are laugh, laughing and celebrate with those that are celebrating, right? So let's pray a moment for um, uh, our family who we love dearly. And uh, I thank God for the Bias family. They've only been uh, such a wonderful blessing uh, to our family. They are a family. And so, Father, this moment we pray for the Biases, my God. We thank you for your kindness, uh, Lord God, in our lives because you're with us. You're with us uh, not only every day of our lives, but you're with us throughout eternity. And you've given us the privilege, uh, Lord God, to be born again. You've given us the high privilege, my God, to be adopted into your family. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that Brother Bias's mom is now with you because she believed in you. She trusted in you, Lord God. Uh, and I thank you, Father, that she lived to the age that she did. 
and I thank you, Lord God, that uh, she um, had you in her heart. And now, Lord God, she is resting in your presence. So we give you the glory and the praise for that. I pray that you strengthen Brother Baez and the family and grant them the peace that passes understanding. Lord, we um, suffer not like those that have no hope, but we suffer knowing, uh, my God, that uh, even though we spend some time in this earth realm, but ultimately, my Father, we will be eternally with you. So our hearts are secure in that. So even though in the natural, Father, we grieve for our loved ones, but in our heart of hearts, we rejoice and we are comforted in you, my God, that our loved ones are with you and that we, Lord, at the time where you dictate, at the time where you determine, will also be in your presence. So, Father, thank you for that. Thank you, my Lord. I also pray for each and every one of us, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you have given us a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. So today, Lord God, I declare that. I declare that over the Calvary Christian Fellowship family. Uh, Lord, we are, uh, my Father, in a spirit of peace. We are in a spirit of joy. We are in a spirit of confidence and boldness in you, Lord God. It's Christ in us. That's the hope of glory. So this moment, Lord God, I thank you uh, for the church family. Thank you for all of uh, those that are attending this morning and that will be listening later on um, uh, via the recording, my God. So thank you for that. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah. God bless you, Celeste. God bless you, Tito and Carmen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see everyone in the virtual sanctuary. Sister Josie, God bless you. I agree with you, Sister Josie. She said, you know, I miss being together with family. I do too. But this too shall pass. It shall pass. It shall pass. Hallelujah. Also, Melody says the same thing. Brother Eli, God bless you. Good morning. He says, good morning, CCF. He's actually um, watching from work. He's one of the first responders, so we celebrate Eli and his family. Hallelujah. Adi, thank you so much for manning. Uh, I appreciate that you're there. You're at home, but you're still uh, there in the virtual sanctuary. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Robert, in beautiful Miami. Hallelujah. Bruni, God bless you. Hallelujah. Bruni and family, it's a blessing to see each and every one of you. Praise God. Uh, amen. Uh, Tito and Carmen says, Amen. Celeste says, God bless you too. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, I was thinking, um, when I look at the scriptures, I really am always encouraged because our God, he knows our hearts. And that's the important thing, that he knows our hearts. Because, you know, in practice, you can do things and yet have a deceitful heart. But yet God knows our heart. So when our heart aligns with our actions, that's when we please the heart of God. And, and when we see in the Old Testament, uh, God made it clear, make sure you who are in the earth realm, take care of uh, my sanctuary, take care of my house. He was very upset at Israel of old when they did not take care of his house. And uh, he, he told them, he says, listen, try me in this. If I would not open up the windows of heaven for you, and I would bless you to such a degree that you would not be able to contain it. And, and I know the, the, that pure revelation or the pure um, revelation of it coming to reality many times doesn't happen, but in the earth realm, we're the ones that do the sowing and the reaping. See, whatever you sow is what you reap. So when we consistently sow in the kingdom of God, what we're doing is we're sowing to a future. We're sowing in a landscape that uh, in the New Testament, Jesus says that the farmer or the sower sows, he does not know how it's going to come out. He does not know how uh, the, the, the plant is going to grow. That's not his job. 
But his job is just to sow. So that's why in this season we need to sow. We need to sow love. We need to sow grace. We need to sow tender mercies. We need to, God bless you, Cynthia Isales, Mr. Cynthia. God bless you, Ivan. Hallelujah. So it's our responsibility to sow, and sow largely, because God loves the cheerful giver. It says in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. And those that sow generously will reap generously. So in our responsibility lies not how we're going to uh, see uh, the corresponding harvest. What lies upon our responsibility is just sowing. And so in Scripture, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it says, give and it shall be given. So God is the one that ensures that we reap according to kind. See, every seed reaps according to kind. An apple seed, when you plant it, reaps an apple tree, and so on and so forth. So when we reap, act, uh, sow acts of kindness, acts of generosity, acts of friendship, you know, the scripture makes it clear, we shall reap that. Now, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 8, it says that God is the one that will ensure that we reap. He's the one that will do it, not the people. So there are sometimes you will bless a person and they won't respond. Now, the world says, well, I gave him and he didn't give me, so forget that. Later on, you know, I'm not going to give him anything in the future, right? <laughs> but no, that's not the way we do it in the kingdom of God. We sow knowing that God is the one that's going to cause us to reap. It might not be from that very same person. So our confidence is not based upon man. Our confidence is not based upon him or her or that person or that organization. Our confidence is based on God and his faithfulness and his consistency. Amen? So as we continue uh, throughout this, the rest of this year, just worshiping him, and sowing uh, in our love, sowing our acts of kindness, sowing in the kingdom of God and into the new year. Always remember, give him the best. Make sure he is the one that's first in your heart. Make sure that he's the one is, that's first correlated with your actions because heart and actions is very important because true faith is not just I believe because demons believe and they tremble. True faith is believe and act. Believe and being consistent with your actions. And that, that's what, what you call integrity. Integrity is when your heart and your actions are in line with each other. See, a building has integrity when it has no cracks in the foundation. But when it has cracks in the foundation, the building doesn't have integrity. In the same way, if we uh, have a, a dichotomy of our thinking, of our heart, and then our actions, if they don't correspond, we don't have integrity. So let's get to the point where we are acting in integrity because what we sow, the way we roll out what's in our heart, that's how the Lord will respond to us in terms of our harvest, in terms of uh, our future landscape. Tito and Carmen says, we are physically apart, but together in the spirit. Amen. That's good. We are. We are in the spirit. And right now, Holy Spirit is with you at home. And I, and I praise God for that. Amen. Sister Leona, God bless you. Amen. She says, blessings to all. Gladys, amen. Thank you, Gladys. God bless you too. Hallelujah. So as we get ready to give this moment, and you know, as you know, uh, normally if you're here in the sanctuary, we'll um, have the plate in the front or we'll pass out uh, 
the, the baskets. I think lately we've been doing the plate. Uh, but since we're all at home, uh, let's make sure we take advantage of the, um, it's a calvaryny.org forward slash give. So we go to the website, calvaryny.org. Amen? And then we'll give there. We'll give a break in a couple of minutes. Uh, Celeste says, integrity is heart and actions aligning with each other. Amen. You're absolutely right. Glory to God. So let's get ready to give um, and let's continue to be consistent. One of the most important things in crisis is that we continue our consistency. So let's be consistent in our prayer life. Don't allow the enemy to mess with your prayer life. If you're in a crisis, pray more. Don't pray less. If you're in a crisis, declare the word of God more, not less. If you're in a crisis, go to Psalms 91 and declare it over your household. Declare it over your children. Declare it over your spouses. Declare it over your church family. Every day, read it one, two, three times a day. Let the word sink into your spirit. Let faith rise, rise in you by reading the word. Our problem, many times we get into crisis, we immediately go to the news. And I got to tell you, the news does not know, they do not understand how to build our faith. They don't know. They really don't know how to build our faith. They only know how to build um, insanity, build fear, build, build worry. That's all they're going to do. I, I, I use it for information only, but I go to the word for my faith. Hallelujah. So let's lift up our hands right there, right where you're at. And, and those of you that are home, please let us know how many people are watching with you. Brother James, God bless you, mighty man of God. Good to see that you are in the virtual chat room. Hallelujah. Um, so let me know um, that you're watching, you and your family, if you're you and three, you and four, just let us know. Come on, I, I want to see a couple of you letting me know that you are watching. Amen? Praise God. This way uh, we can know. We would just love knowing that our church family is with us. All right, lift up your hands and let's pray and let's, let's um, get ready to give from our heart and with our actions in unity, in faith. Father, this moment we come before you, Lord God, and we thank you for your kindness. And we declare that you're Lord over everything. You're Lord over our hearts, our minds. You're Lord over the finances you've blessed us with. You're Lord. We are just stewards. But this moment, Father, we celebrate you. We thank you because you are the Lord God, our provider. Jehovah Jireh, Lord God, our provider. And this moment, um, we just come before you um, in a spirit of faith, in a spirit of gratitude, thanking you, my God, because you meet all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. So whether or not our jobs are faithful, whether or not our businesses um, are affected, you continue and you remain faithful. And there is no one way of getting provision to us, Lord God. There are no limits in you. You have ways that we can't even see nor comprehend. So this moment we submit our household to you. We submit our needs to you, our bills to you. We submit it all to you. And we say thank you that you are our provider. And this moment, we sow the tithe and the offering before you, Lord God, in your presence. Lord, thanking you for the promises of Proverbs chapter 3. Thanking you for the promises of Malachi, uh, Lord, chapter 3. Thank you, Lord God, for the promises of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9. So, Lord God, we celebrate you this moment, and we thank you for meeting all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we sow the tithe and the offering in your presence through our high priest, 
our Lord Jesus Christ. And we do give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen and amen. All right, let's get ready to give as we take this break now for a giving time. Hallelujah. God bless you all.
Okay, let's do this. Let me at least. God bless you. God bless you, Calvary. Mi familia. Wow. Celeste, God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you, Deacon Vera. It's so great to be in the house of the Lord. I was just telling Pastor that people probably don't remember who I am because I've been missing in action here in person, although I've been in the virtual sanctuary. I've been missing in action for eight months. Wow. It feels so good. It's so different to come to the place of the Lord, right? My God, it's been such a long time. I miss you guys. I really, really do miss you guys. God bless you, Melanie and Adi, very faithful sisters and brothers of Christ. Eli, Denise, God bless you guys. I'm, I'm not pastor, so I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. God bless you, Robert, from Miami. I am just so jealous of you right now. <laughs> I'm so jealous. That's where I wish I was, out there in the warm weather. God bless you guys. Well, I don't know if you've heard. I don't know if you've heard. But there is a new year coming. There is a new year coming. There are blessings coming our way. And today, God has called me to declare with you the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord in 2021. This is important because 2020 just took us by surprise. Left our feet frozen. Some of us got stuck. Some of us are still stuck. However, 2021 is the favor of the Lord. And we have to receive and claim it. Because although 2020 took us by a storm and shocked us, we now know what we know. We did not know then what we didn't know, but we now know what we know. And we know that we serve a mighty God. We know that we serve the most powerful being in the universe, the only one. There's no one before him, nor no one after him. And so now it's time for us to take our place. Now it's time for us to realize in 2021 that we are royalty and that we are the princes and prince of the greatest king. And so join me right now. Join me right now in praying and bringing down the glory of God for 2021 because we don't have to get sad anymore. We don't have to give the enemy a, a, a reason, okay, to take over us in our lives, but we have to praise the almighty God. We have to acknowledge that he is still on the throne. God bless you, Tito and Carmen, and Elder Izzy. We have to claim that. So pray with me right now. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have been with us in the midst of all this mess, that this did not take you by accident, but Heavenly Father, that you have allowed it so that we can look in a mirror and see exactly what our condition is. And we thank you, Lord God, because you, do not, you did not bring us this far to leave us right here. So it is important that we partner with you, Lord God, as you lift up that mirror so that we can see ourselves and see our hearts, Lord God, and understand that although in the mess you have, you have clothed us with royalty. We thank you for your word, Lord God, because it is a timely word. And you, Heavenly Father, you don't miss a thing. You don't even miss a beat. And so, Lord, we thank you in advance, Heavenly Father, how this new year of 2020 is going to come to us, individually and corporately and as a world. And we take it by storm because your word says that we are to take it by storm and that we are to stand right there, Lord God, with you in partnership as we struggle, Lord God, to bring forth your glory in this year. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that you are bringing to us, Lord God. I thank you especially, Heavenly Father, for emptying this vessel so that you can fill it, Lord God. Empty this vessel so that you can fill it. And I thank you, Lord God, that you, as you have been preparing me to give your word and entrusting me, thank you, Lord, you have been preparing the heart of your people. You have been preparing the heart of your people for this timely word. And I ask you right now, Lord God, take me out of the place, Lord God, that they may see you and not me, that they may hear you and not me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, we're here at the end of this year. Amazing. I thank God that we have been protected and we have been kept. Although many of our loved ones have not. Many of them have gone to be with the Lord. And actually, they're, be they're better for it. Because 2021 is not going to be easy but it is going to be a year that we take back what the enemy has stolen from us. And so, as you get ready to hear God's word, I want you all to get your Bibles. Just get ready. Isaiah 61, 1, 8. We're not going to read it right now. I'm just giving you a chance to go get it. Get yourself a pen, get yourself paper or your journals. You should have your journals. God bless you, Sister Janice. Get yourself your Bibles open to Isaiah 61, 1 through 8. These times have been very difficult for all of us, and I thank God that he has protected us. But as you're getting ready, I'll start to talk. 
communication is difficult among humanity. Is that much more difficult when God calls you to convey his message? But that it's how God partners with us to step into faith that we will humble ourselves and seek the spirit in pursuit of what he wants to say. I trust that while I was searching his heart, God was preparing your hearts to believe and receive today's message. It's a timely message for the new year of 2021. In the middle of all of the experiences of this current year, the epidemic, the social injustice, there's so much uncertainties, many people are experiencing the loss of loved ones, loss of work, loss of control, and maybe even the loss of oneself. The epidemic has raised many insecurities, personal, health, economic, and social insecurities. We do not know if we are coming or going. We share common and different experiences. Some may bring us together, while others may set us apart. Even among the family of Christ, there is division. More now than ever before is when we need to come together. We are days away from a new year, 2021. The current years may have surprised us, stunned us, immobilized us, and even traumatized some of us. So prepare your heart for what is coming unless you cannot control it. You need to take control, says the Lord. You need to take control. Unless you partner up with God to manifest what he has created you, what he has created you for, unless you partner with him, because he sends us down for a purpose here on earth, then 2021 would be no different than 2020. What's going to become of us in 2021? There are cries across the land. Nature is awaiting a revival. In Romans 8, 19, it says, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to reveal, to be revealed. Who are the children of God? Who are the children of God, Calvary? In Romans 8.14, we are informed, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And in Romans 8.16, confirmed, the Spirit himself testifies with all the Spirit, with our own Spirit, that we are God's children. So who are we? We are God's children. So who is creation waiting for? Who is creation waiting for, Deacon Vera? Who is creation waiting for, Minister Liz? Creation's waiting for us. 
the children of God, the peacemakers. In Matthew 5, 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, so they will be called sons of God. While nature awaits for us, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we crying out to God or murmuring about the circumstances? Are we helping the brokenhearted or judging them? Are we caring for the hungry and the sick, or are we just worried about ourselves? Children of God, we are called to focus on God's business. God will take care of the rest. He said so in his word. God is still in his throne and is communicating with us. Are we listening, Robert? Are we listening? Are you listening? God is calling us to focus on the reason he called us in the first place to come down to earth. For such a time like this, as in Esther 4.14, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise on another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that who you have come to be royal, a royal position for such a time as this. People of God, we are people of God. We are the people that he has called for such a time as this. It behooves us. It is important. It is essential that we truly understand our position and what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, I know you're praying. Yeah, you're gathering and you're praying and you're praying. But if we pray without action, there's not much that we're doing that's different from the rest of the world. You don't have to be a child of God to pray. You don't have to be a child of God to come together and mourn. Children of God act. Children of God take their position. Children of God put on their armor and go on the front line to fight the course. And 2021 is our time. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see the good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I don't know about you, but when I, 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 I love children. I'm always around young people, and um, it's part of my call. And when I see children who are very polite, 
who, who say, excuse me, who, who pretty much seek to do the best that they can to be at their best behavior. I don't praise the child. I praise the father or the mother. I mean, I thank the child, but the one really responsible for the behavior and the upbringing of such an obedient child is the father and the mother. When people see us, and when they look at us, especially in this situation that we're living, do they see our father in heaven? Do they see him and praise him because our actions glorify the Father? It's very important because we can't be, we're not called to be of this world. We're called to act differently. So if this world is gossiping and, and angry and going out and fighting and all that, is that where we're supposed to be? There's a difference between fighting and advocating. There's a difference. Are we advocating or are we fighting? Are we focused on somebody else's business? Or are we focused on God's business? And this is the time that God is calling us to focus on his business. In Isaiah 43.10, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, God chose us, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no gods were formed, not shall there be any after. When Pastor asked me to bring forth this message, I immediately heard God's voice in my spirit say, focus on your God-given purpose. So at first I thought, oh, he's telling me to focus. So I go through this whole <laughs> craziness. Those of you that know me, I'm sometimes so A+. Plus trying to figure out what am I not focusing on that has to do with God. But he kept whispering in my spirit, if my people would focus on the reason I created them, they would not have time to worry. They would not be anxious for anything or concerned about the things of this world that are happening now around them. They will just be focused on the destiny that I have set for them. The reason why I created them. The wonderful destiny that I have ordained even before time. Now I need you to get to Isaiah 61, one through eight. And I need you to, to read with me. Because this is, this is how God is speaking to us. And he wants us to really claim the vision that he has for our lives, for our destiny. 
The spirit of the sovereign law is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captive, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, 2021, and provide for those who grieve in Zion to be bestowed on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. That's us. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That's us. Strangers will shepherd your flock. Foreigners will work your fields and vineland. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and their riches you will boast. Instead of shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in, in the inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy is yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Wow. This is God speaking to us. I don't know if you get that in your spirit, but when I read this, it made me so emotional. And it gave me this revelation of how God has already prepared a way for us. And that we are his champions. We're the ones that he's waiting on. And here we're waiting on him. Are you aware Oh, but by the way, the name of this, um, the title of this message is, the titles of the message is, Focus on Your God-Given Purpose. Are you aware? Are you aware? Do you need to know that you have been anointed to fulfill the destiny and purpose that God has already laid out for you. Anointing is the burden-removing yoke, breaking power of God. Anointing is what empowers you to function supernaturally. Anointing is what is that which enables you to do supernatural things in the name of the Lord. This is, this is a must for those of us who have passion for the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Do you have passion 
Do you realize the power behind that? Number two, you need to be aware that your purpose has been provided to you in your God-given instinct, in your intuition. Now, I know, I know many of you are saying, but the word also says that our feelings deceive us, that the heart can be wicked. But let me explain to you what intuition is first before you go into um, challenging this. Intuition is your immediate understanding of something. There's no need for you to think about it or get another opinion. You just know that you know. Your intuition arises at a feeling within your body that only you can ever experience. Because of this, trusting your intuition is ultimately the act of trusting yourself. God's word says that our hearts can be corrupted. You're right. But yes, my heart can be deceitful. But when I trusted in God 23 years ago, I came <clears throat> to become a new creature with new life coursed through me. So if I am a new creature who has God's spirit within me, I should be able to trust my instinct, my intuition. I should be able to live my life out in the spirit as in Romans 8.1.2 indicates, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of spirit who gives life has set you free from sin and death. So trust your intuition. Your intuition has a lot of answers. That's where God speaks to us through. On how to move towards your purpose. Number three. Your purpose and destiny can be found in the gifts that God has given you. Not just your spiritual gifts, your natural gifts. Perhaps you can make the best cupcakes ever. Or you could cook the baddest pasteles and, and lechon in heaven. So you could actually have a business. You can actually have a business. Many of you are looking at spiritual gifts, but it's your natural gifts that gives you your destiny and your purpose. Perhaps you like children. Open up a daycare center. Perhaps you have a burden for the elderly. Work at the nurseries. My spiritual gifts are administrative teacher and encourager. Those that know me have witnessed these gifts operating in my occupation, in my personal, and in my ministry. 
They show themselves, thank you. They show themselves up at work. They show themselves up in my everyday interaction with people. Um, they show themselves up just naturally. What are your gifts? What are your natural gifts? What did God pour inside of you when he was creating you? Have you asked yourself that question? Have you taken account on what those are? What fulfills you? What makes you happy? What are you doing that whenever you're working on this, you feel completely satisfied? That's your purpose. Are you operating in that right now? Are you operating in your purpose and your destiny? Your purpose and your destiny can be found in your name. Did you know that? In your name. I'm going to share some things with you. Many times a person's name holds special meaning. Children today might be named after a family member to show respect or honor of their, of their memory. Like a grandfather, an uncle, even the father. After marriage, a woman usually changes her last name, signifying the beginning of a new chapter in her life in unity with her husband. In biblical times, names were even more intentional because they were inspired by God, often saying something about the person's character or their situation. For example, King David, his name meant beloved. And he was known as the man after God's own heart. Throughout the Bible, we see how God changes the name of his people to illustrate their identity and their purpose that God has ordained for them. Another example is Abram. Abram means exhaustive father, exalted father. God changed his name to Abraham, father of many nations. And we know he is our father too. Sarai, his wife. Sarai means princess. God changed her name to Sarai, to Sarah, sorry, to Sarah which means my princess, God's princess. Because he ordained that Sarah, that out of Sarah will come forth kings and nations that will serve the world. Jacob, many of you know his story. His name means supplanter, supplanter or trickster. Who wants to be called Jacob? God changed his name after a struggle that an angel had with him all night, and he refused to let go physically of that angel until the angel blessed him. His name now is Israel, which means struggled with God and human and have overcome. 
That's powerful. And we know Simon, one of Jesus' disciples. Simon means to listen or he heard. His name was changed to Peter, the rock. And we also know that God used Peter to actually set the foundation of his church that we today admire and follow. As a young girl, I hated my name because people would mispronounce my name, Migdalia. At times, they would even change my name or give me a nickname like Miggy, Maggie, Mickey, Max, everything but Migdalia. So as a little girl, I felt really insecure about my name, even as an adult. I then started to change my own name. When people would ask me, what's your name? I would say Mickey, Maggie, Max. Just <laughs> pick your choose, your, your desire, right? What I did not realize back then was that I was giving up my identity. I was allowing, allowing the world to identify me. I was so fascinated with names and their meanings. A favorite book is on my shelf now that is called The Dictionary of Common Names. So when I started reading through the Bible, I was impressed with how accurate names of people matches their personality and their destiny. When I came to Christ, I was in a woman's group, and we were studying the power of biblical names and discovered that my name, Migdalia, is of a Spanish-Hebrew origin. And the meaning is elegant, great, or tower. You can only imagine how that empowered me. In the Bible, towers are used figuratively as a symbol for protection and for provision. God is our tower as evident by verses such as, you have been my refuge, a tower of strength against my enemies in Psalm 61.3, and the name of the Lord is a strong tower. So accepting my name to describe my character of protection and provision revealed to me my purpose in this life with youth. For over 35 years, I have been working with youth and their families, providing them resources that would help young people thrive and be successful and find their destiny and purpose. So your name, may have the clue to what your purpose and destiny is. And if you don't like it, ask God to change it for you. Number five, another way that you can find your purpose and your destiny is through your situation. Many of you know my testimony I, um, I come from a dysfunctional family, and many of you are probably saying, who doesn't, right? 
and you know, drugs, alcohol, um, a lot of chaos every single day. And in those days, when I was a young kid, I couldn't find refuge in anything other than, of course, God, but I didn't, I was limited in my knowledge of his character. So I went looking, I went looking to the church, I felt rejected, my sister also felt rejected. I went looking to um, um, other adults and we just, you know, it was those times where children were, were around but they weren't meant to be heard. And so I remember thinking as I was getting older as a teenager, <clears throat> if there was only a place where young people can actually come and not only fellowship with one another, a safe place, but that also they would learn about themselves, they would have counselors who would guide them, um, 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 caring adults who would be there for them. And maybe if those things were available to us when we were growing up, my brother would have not gone to the street and as a result, shortened his life at the age of 26. So my situation caused me to seek what I can do for young people and families. And for that reason, I found my purpose. And I found my purpose in working with young people and providing all those things that I believe that they need, especially in this time that we live. So you can find your purpose in your situation. If you, if you experience bankruptcy and now you're out of it, maybe you can consult and help other people on how you did that, on budgeting. So there's a lot of different situations that arise and if you make the best out of the bad situation, you may find your purpose there. Number six, your purpose and destiny can be found in what you are confessing. If you are confessing that you cannot find your purpose and that you, that you don't know what you are, then guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. You are going to be lost. And some people get to live a whole lifetime without knowing their true destiny or purpose or second-guessing what they're truly supposed to be doing. What are you confessing? What are you confessing over your life? You know, the enemy would, have, would whisper to us and have us confess things that are not true about ourselves. Are you confessing positive things for your life? Are you confessing that you do know and that you're on a journey to finding out what your purpose is? Now, why is all of this conversation about purpose necessary? I'm going to tell you what God put in my spirit a couple of weeks ago. My people will stop gossiping and stop murmuring and stop being in other people's business if they attend to my purpose in their life. That's what he was saying. 
There's been, I've been witnessing a lot of situations where especially during November, the times of voting in October, where even the people of God were divided. And I'm not intending to talk about politics here, but except one thing right now. If God called us to vote, no matter what side to vote for, and we voted, why are we still in the booth? Why are we still in the booth? Once you drop that vote, your job was to just continue to move on and let God. Instead, many of us stood right there at the booth waiting for the decision. And we're still standing there. We're still standing there. You already did what you were supposed to do. Vote and move on. It was the same, it's the same thing with the social justice issue. Yes, we have all, we have all been offended, discriminated against, no matter if it was because of our color, because of our, the way we speak, or the way we look, or where we come from. And nobody's taking away from the generations of pain that is still out there in the hearts of people. But unless you're going to advocate, and unless you're going to go and do it correctly, in the way that the Bible tells us to do it, in a peaceful way, in a way that somebody is going to hear you, why are we still fussing? Why are we still stuck there? And if you did, if you did go and advocate, if you did go and protest, if you're still doing that, and that's what God has called you to do, if you did it, then now move on. But it is not our job to make a mess. It is not our job to break things, to break people apart. It is our job to be peacemakers to bring in peace into this world. God has called us and created us for that. Why are we still in the business other than God's business? Why are we still in front of that voting booth? Why are we still protesting alone outside? Children of God. Children of God. We got a couple of days to the next year. There's a war out there. God is calling us. This is why you need to know what your purpose and destiny is. This is why we need to be reminded that God created us for such a time like this. Wake up, people. This is probably why you don't see me up here all the time. Because God gives me the spirit of putting things in place. And I don't like it. In my natural way, I don't like to have to be the one to make the call, to have to send the message and blow up the house with this. But that's what God called me to do. 
and those that have known me here at Calvary for over 23 years, that's what God has called me to do. So how can you become unshakable in pursuing your destiny? How? Unshakable. This means that after you thought it out and processed it and all that, action, action. Not only, hey, I'm praying about it. The Bible tells us faith without works is dead. Number one, it's time to recover all. And it's not too late. You may think that just because now you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, it's too late to find out what my purpose is. No, it is not too late. There's a lot of people, including myself, who found their purpose in their 30s and 40s. You can do that now. Who told you you were too old? Number two, tap into your destiny through God's given intuition. There is a set time, and God will allow you to, will not allow you to miss his schedule. Whatever's been struggling, whatever you've been struggling with um, to reach your destiny, the strong man can't stop you. The enemy tried to stop you, but he can't because it's already destined for you. God said so. Number three, nobody can stop you from getting your destiny and purpose. Being unmovable and unshakable because your labor is not in vain. The women with the issue of blood in Matthew 9, 20, 22 shows us how she was like focused. She went after that garment because she knew who had the answer. She didn't care about the crowd. She didn't care what anybody said about who she was or what she had. She just went straight for him. Go after it. Go after the garment. Forget about what other people are saying. You must be radical in your pursuit and destiny, and destiny to get your destiny. You must be radical. We got to get mad about this because it's been too long that we've been stuck. For some of us, a year. In Hebrews 12, 25, it says, See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Now, God is talking. So make sure that you see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they do not escape when they refuse him who warned them on earth, how much less will we? If we turn away from him who warns us, him being God, from heaven, what would happen to us? At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake down only the earth, but also the heaven. Not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words, once more, indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, 
so that what cannot be shaken may remain. 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reference and awe because God is a consuming fire. He shakes us and those things that are no good to us will come down, but the things that are supposed to remain will stay. Have you been shooken? Or is there more, more time that you need to be shooken? I don't know about you, but I've been shooken. I've been shooken. <laughs> God shook me. And you know, I'm done. I don't need no more shaking. At least not for now, right? The devil is already defeated, guys. You need to learn to walk in your victory. Our lives are built on solid ground, on the rock of Jesus Christ. Don't build your life on man's thoughts, opinions of who they think they are, or who they think you are. You must depend on God to help you understand your purpose and your destiny. The earth is waiting for the manifestation of who you are. The earth is groaning now for you. Someone is waiting for you. Some child is waiting for a center. Some youth is waiting for your direction. Somebody needs you. Now go. Don't let anything or anyone stop you. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you were made to good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Guys, we confessed. When we accepted Christ into our lives, we confessed in front of everybody. In 1 Timothy 6.12, we are called to go and fight a good fight. Now go. Pursue your God-given purpose in 2021. God is giving you the green light. God is giving you the green light. Hello, Minister Al. Hello, Adi. Guys, God is giving us the green light. Now go and pursue, because for 2021, we have to take this back, and we have to partner with God to make this a better year. This year is going to make the difference, and it should <clears throat> make the difference of everything that we went through in 2020 and everything that 2020 took from us. In 2021, I declare in the name of Jesus that we will be restored. God bless you, family. I miss you and I long for the time that we can be physically together. But meanwhile, go after your destiny. You have the green light. I love you.
Mickey. Praise God. Thank you, Minister Mickey. Natalia. <laughs> Winnie Labina. You <laughs> with many names. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You know, thank you, Mickey, for speaking from your heart, not holding back, speaking what the Father gives you. Yeah, sometimes he gives us things that are hard to say, man, but uh, we'll be more comfortable if we don't say it. <laughs> so thank you for being obedient and releasing what God has put in your heart. Um, I took lots of notes. I hope you guys did. Peter, Carmen, Izzy, and all the other names I can't hardly see. We've got to give you a close. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a fighter as Mickey was talking, I saw something. A fighter trains and goes through his changes to, so when he enters the ring, he's prepared because he removed the obstacles that will hinder him from being who God called him to be. Look at 2020 as the year that the enemy tried to hit you, tried to destroy, destroy you, because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I got news for you. You're still here. So without you realizing it, you're already more than a conqueror because you are still here. So now you went through your training. You got hit. You fell. You got back up. You got hit again. You fell. You got back up. Who that reminds me of in the Bible? A righteous man's fall seven times, but it will continue to rise. So what? You got knocked down. Get up. Be who you God called you to be in this season. Mickey said that you need to know who you are. Mickey says that you need to understand who you are. And she also said you need to begin to act like who you are in Christ Jesus. And who we are? More than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The Bible says he did not give us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind and boldness. Behind that, he also gave us authority. And before that, it doesn't the Bible says that we're entering a fixed fight? I mean, the battle already has been fought. We're actually struggling with somebody who's been defeated. Don't listen to the lies, what the enemy say. Don't let fear come into your heart of the virus and all that. Oh, my God, I won't be able to go to church for another year because the virus popped up. The devil is a liar. We are more than conquerors to Christ Jesus. So more than ever, what we need to do is follow the, the examples of, of Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom first. I'm speaking to my warriors. I'm speaking to men and women of God, children of the awesome I am. This is our season. You know, I always say that because not everybody catches it. A farmer throws seeds out in the same field, but not every area of the field produces. So that's why he has to keep coming out season after season and throw them, remind them, this is your year. This is your year. This is your year. So I'm telling you, this is your year. It is up to you to receive it and produce what God already called it to be done. Wow, that's revelation right there. I hope somebody got, got, guys got this. You already are more than a conqueror. You're already a child of the Osiah by the blood of Jesus Christ that's shed on the cross. It's in the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of your heart. My God, my God, my God, my God. Training is hard. Losing weight is always hard. What is the hardest thing? Starting. But once we're in it, 
we're already victorious. You're already, already in the kingdom of God. You're already a child of the awesome I am. Now let's stop standing and let's begin to proclaim who we are. Because there's someone depending on you. I know I'm here because someone stood in the gap for me. Minister Mika, Julia in the back, and all you who are listening or praising God are saying, thank you, so that's amen. Because there's someone stood in the gap for them. Now it's our turn to pass the baton and stand in the gap for them. Praise God, because, you know, did he not send the Holy Spirit to empower us, to guide us, to equip us, to motivate us? See, nothing catches God by surprise. Nothing. Not even the virus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We, have, we serve an awesome, mighty, powerful deliverer, healer, king, Lord, I am. You know, you know, you know I, I made a joke with my wife the other day, you know, I am, I am. Why do they call him I am? Because whatever you need him to be, he is. He is your deliverer. He is your sustainer. He is your provider. He is your father. He is your king. He is Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, there is no lack in you because the awesome I am is with you. So let's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm challenging you to begin to praise him because, you know, what praise does glorifies your king, present, brings his presence because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of the people, but it also sends another message. It confuses your enemy. How can Magdalia still praise him after what I hit her with? Because he is greater. He is more holier. He is more stronger. There is nothing greater than my king and my lord and my savior. I know, I know I'm not standing here alone. I know I'm not here because I'm all that. I'm here because who he is. Come on. Praise him where you at. Because he is worthy to be praised. I thank you, Magdalia, Magdalia and Mickey and John and Paul. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's, that's my mother. When she called once, she had to go down the line. <laughs> but God is good. We serve an awesome God. Yes, we serve an awesome God. So rise up and be who God called you to be. Don't think you might be. You are. How you know? The blood is upon you. The Holy One resides within you. So this season, tell your emotions to shut up. Tell the virus not here. And you know what? If you catch the virus, all that means that you'll be even stronger because he didn't take you out. And if he takes you out, that means your time was up to be with the Lord. <laughs> the Apostle Paul says, absence from the presence from this word is presence with the father i'm waiting to go home take me anytime you want wait i mean come i'll miss my family my wife my kids the bonuses <laughs> but uh, to be with my father jesus 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 i challenge every one of you i encourage every one of you i you know i beseech you and beg you to stand and be the mighty man and woman you are in jesus christ in this season father take a minute take take a minute and praise him take a minute and glorify him because you should have been snuffed out but amen you're still here he cannot stop you because the greater is he who resides in you than he who resides in this world praise him Praise him. He is worthy to be praised. We give you the glory, Father. We give you the praise. We magnify you. There is no one more greater, more holier, more precious than thou. We glorify you, my King, for the privilege and honor, allowing us to be called your children. We worship you here, Father. As I release you here today, 
out of the, out of the virtue sanctuary, but never away from the presence of God. Remember who you are. Be strong and be courageous. And do not forget that your Father is with you wherever you go. Those who are working from home, be bold in your home. Don't be scared to say, but the word says. Those that go to work, don't get into those jokes. Remember who resides with you, the Holy One himself. Stand, walk away from certain jokes. Don't let anything in that will bring confusion to you of who you are in Jesus Christ. I bless you, I thank you, and I give God all the glory for your victory in this season. Be brave, be strong, my brothers and sisters. Peace.